0: Hey, it's Greg Brown. Grab your logbook cuz it's time for another cockpit adventure from the Flying Carpet. I'm an aviation author, adventure columnist, photographer, former National Flight Instructor of the Year, and Barnes and Noble Arizona Author of the Month. The Flying Carpet is a four-place single-engine light airplane. In it, my wife Jean and I have long traveled the North American continent, searching behind clouds for the real America and experiencing aerial adventures like today's all along the way. Learn more at my website, gregbrownflyingcarpet.com, where you can also see photos from most episodes. And I'd appreciate your feedback in my Flying Carpet Podcast Facebook group. We're ready to take off on Flying Carpet Podcast flight number two, Cowboy Pilot. So everyone, hop into the flying carpet. I know it's a little cozy in here. And buckle up. Clear prop. You know, one of the best things about being a pilot is the cool people we get to meet. And over the years, I've met a lot of interesting ones. And today I'm going to tell you about a good buddy of mine, Baldy Ivy. Cowboy pilot. I think you'll find it interesting, and I think it also shows how differently people approach flying based on whatever walk of life they might be in. Let me start off by reading Baldy's introductory email, first time I ever heard from him, and then we'll uh, find ourselves in the cockpit on our way up to meet him. Howdy, Greg. My name's Baldy, and I'm a working wagon trash cowboy in northern Arizona. Have a 41T craft I use on the ranches I work for. I'm based at Papa 23 and just built a Starduster 2. I've enjoyed reading your columns as it's always so apparent how much you love our passion, which is flying. Well, sir, I look forward to your articles as it's great to see someone who totally tries to help the little guy get started. I too am trying to get people to realize their dreams of flight. If a $25 a day working cowboy can fly, so can others who think they can't afford it. If you're ever around Seligman, it would be a pleasure to meet you. I day work only now on ranches and shoe 30 horses in Phoenix, and I'm down there once every five to six weeks. Well, sir, take care and fly safe. Adios for now from Baldy in northern Arizona. Armed with that warm welcome, I'm northbound to meet Baldy this crystalline morning. Seligman lies in ranch country up on Old Route 66, between Flagstaff and Kingman. To get there, I fly northwest from Phoenix over Prescott and up the Big Chino Wash, dark from flooding due to recent rains. You can see a 100 miles in every direction from here. To the west lie the Wallapai Mountains almost to the Colorado River while to the east, snow-capped Humphreys Peak serves as signpost for my entire flight. Long before tiny Seligman appears, I divine its location from the arteries sustaining it. Semis glint from Interstate 40, and a mile-long freight train treads the transcontinental rail line. Taking in this big, big country, I turn downwind over town and join a solitary Piper Tri-Pacer on the ramp at Little Seligman Airport. A dilapidated silver center drives up, and out pops a larger-than-life man wearing a broad grin and a big cowboy hat. How such a guy fits into such a tiny car wearing his cowboy hat, I don't know, but sure enough, it's baldy. Immediately, stories begin flowing with the same stream of consciousness rhythm as his email. I took my check ride in that flying milk stool parked next to you, he says, gesturing toward the old tripacer. You can see farther on the ground here than from the air in most places. With a grand sweep of his arm, Baldy identifies ranches he works as a hired hand. Most recently, a 30 by 70 miler stretching from here all the way to the south rim of the Grand Canyon. Let's start with the Grand Tour, says Baldy, driving me around the airport through town to the tune of nonstop talk. There between houses in an open storage shed on a residential side street bordering the airport, rests Baldy's 75-horsepower Taylor Craft. To take off, I just taxi across the street, he says, pointing out a dirt track leading to the runway. I ask him if he has any problems parking his airplane in town like this. No, Greg, though I did have to repaint one side of my plane after it got graffitied last month. He chuckles. I suppose it was partly my fault. I probably shouldn't have left the paint can there on the shelf. As I peek through the windshield, an Arizona highway patrolman pulls up. Meet Dave, says Baldy. Everybody knows everybody around here. A 250-hour rotor pilot, the officer hopes to fly state police choppers one day. You need 2,500 hours to qualify, explains Dave, but I have only 250, so I have a long way to go. Baldy just earned his private pilot wings last May. But with six years and hundreds of hours flying the West alongside his mentor, J.R., he has more hard knocks piloting experience than most of us. He boasts of flying backcountry Idaho with friends and of a precautionary landing in a pasture near Española, New Mexico. Of course, I land on ranch roads all the time, he adds. Mostly gravel, but no problem as long as they're straight. Baldy cowboys all over Arizona and up into Nevada. You're nothing but a hippie, a ranch manager once told him, but a damn good cowboy. The tea craft gets Baldy to where the work is, and he tells me it's handy for finding lost strays. Come to think of it, Greg, you should fly in for the homegrown horse auction held by Babbitt Ranches in June. It's a real pleasure to see. You can land the flying carpet right there where I do on the road at Redlands Camp. The road is straight for miles if you don't mind landing on AB Gravel. Next, we tour an old hangar. This one at least has doors, though three feet of sky separate them from the roof. Out front sits an old Dodge cab-over-engine Honey Wagon and a Cessna 120 Baldy's restoring for resale. Inside the hangar rests another T-Craft. Muddy wheels boast of off-airport adventure. And keeping company with it are dusty gems including a 37 Chevy pickup and a 49 Ford Business Coupe. All this stuff was J.R.'s, explained Baldy, the guy who started me flying. He was shot to death in his trailer by his fiance's jealous ex-husband four years ago at age 78, so now I take care of it for his sons. It was J.R. who'd sold Baldy his T-Craft on installments for $6,500. Baldy explains that J.R.'s sons honored the deal after J.R. died, but of course they wouldn't let him fly until it was paid off. Took him three years. Baldy doffs his hat to apply a scarf, a la Willie Nelson. Now, finally, I have proof of his nickname. Baldy's a heck of a storyteller, so I ask if he's a cowboy poet. He says no, but I did study music at UNLV, so maybe that's where he gets his rhythm. After college, I found the music business too full of temptations, he tells me, so I learned cowboying up in northern Nevada where they only go into town three or four times a year. It's easy to stay out of trouble that way, Greg. I'm proud to say I've been dry for 14 years. He rubs his shoulder. Only thing wrong with me is I'm getting rotor cuff surgery next month. I was thrown by horses twice this year and one landed on me. Over the years, Baldys suffered two aircraft incidents, one when another pilot ran the Starduster out of fuel and the other when the T-Craft nosed over on landing. Baldy shares some wisdom. I much prefer aircraft accidents to getting bucked by a horse. He tells of the time he broke his pelvis out on the range and was hauled 25 miles to the nearest road in the bed of a bouncing pickup truck, then recuperated in a rancher's bunkhouse because he had no insurance. Baldy drives me up to his double-wide trailer where he lives, its yard littered with broken glass and old construction materials. Just got this place, he apologizes. I'm still cleaning it up. The door dangles open when we arrive, and I sense it's always that way. After all, this is a man more accustomed to living outside than in. For him, home is little more than a bad-weather bedroll. Inside, a partly assembled Boredom Fighter biplane fuselage consumes the living room. On top teeters the dusty laptop computer where Baldy formulated his welcoming email. We admire assembled wing ribs hanging from the bedroom wall, then tour Baldy's workshop out back. It's cleverly constructed of truck-sized metal shipping containers, torch-cut and foam-sealed together. For comforts of home, a wood stove chimney pierces the roof. Where he got these containers, I decide not to ask. Over lunch, we banter with Baldy's cowboy buddy, Sean, at Lilo's West Side Cafe. Both men wear the grime of hard work, but if Baldy's the good-natured old-timer, Sean is the Marlboro man. Shot some of those commercials at my Colorado ranch, he tells us later. Sean's weather-bronzed face and chiseled features must make the girls swoon, especially those steely blue eyes gleaming from the shadow of Black Stetson. Here, cowboy hats are a permanent feature of every man's head. All in the cafe wear one except me. Having left my own hat in the car, I feel nude. If only mine were a proper cowboy hat, I'd rush out and get it. Sean's family works ranches all over the West, from Arizona to New Mexico, Colorado, and Nevada. He tells of his great-grandfather, who learned to drive before licenses, and told policemen to go to hell when he was stopped. Drove all over the West, but never did get a license as long as he lived, says Sean. He and Baldy banter about fellow cowboys and whose ranches they're working this month. I understand little of it between cowboy lingo and unknown-to-me ranch names. We're moving our cattle to northern Nevada, explains Sean between bites. They rope cattle differently up there using longer, softer ropes, and they don't wrap rubber around the saddle horn like here in Arizona. I asked my cowboy buddies about Mexican vaqueros Gene and I once saw in Las Vegas, New Mexico. Their black sombreros and pantalones studded with silver conchos. Those were probably charros, said Sean. High-class Mexican cowboys who perform in charro rodeos. They do amazing things. Bareback transfer is the wildest, jumping from one running horse to another, bareback. Talk turns to the recent big rains that broke the drought. I was flying last month when thunderstorms developed, said Baldy, bringing me back into the conversation. With Seligman Airport blocked and weather closing in behind me, I landed at Sean's ranch and dined with his family. He boasts of Sean's pretty little girls, Dally and Rietta, ages five and six. Didn't tell you what happened when it rained again last week, replies Sean to Baldy. My daughters kept saying, Baldy's coming to dinner. Baldy's coming to dinner. I couldn't figure out why they kept saying that. What makes you think Baldy's coming to dinner? I finally asked. Because it's raining outside and Baldy always comes to dinner when it rains. Sean laughs. As little rain as we've had around here lately, I suppose their logic wasn't as crazy as it sounds. While he and Baldy compare the finer points of calf roping, I savor a slice of Lilo's homemade fruit of the forest pie berries, rhubarb, and apple. You should come up for a branding, Greg, offers Baldy. Only thing is, if you come to brandings, they'll expect you to help out and do some work. Oh, and one other thing. He looks around and lowers his voice. You can't bring Jean. Women aren't allowed at the branding wagon. I know it's not right, but that's just how it is. The only exceptions are a couple ladies who cowboy right alongside the men. Better yet, says Sean, as we rise to leave. Come to the Arizona Cow Punchers reunion in Williams the last week of July. Just south of the airport, Clark Field. It's a special rodeo limited to working cowboys. He describes events including wild cow milking by a three-cowboy team. One ropes, one mugs, and one milks. Each team must fill a Coke bottle and race to the finish line to empty it. Then there's wild horse racing. That's pretty crazy. You have to rope them, saddle them, and race them using only a halter and a lead rope. Dangerous stuff. I promised to attend, and comforted by the knowledge that real cowboys still exist, soon banked the flying carpet homeward over volcanic craters east of town. Have a safe flight, Greg, radios Baldy cheerfully on his handheld. If you need a place to stay for the cowpunchers' reunion, well, Mikasa is Sukasa. And when you do come up, tell Jean to get ready to have about 100 hats tipped her way. Because that's how cowboys are. I hope you've enjoyed meeting my cowboy pilot buddy, Baldi. You can find associated photos at my website, gregbrownflyingcarpet.com. Look forward to more flying adventures with Baldi in future episodes. Thanks for riding along on today's Flying Carpet Adventure. Please help me continue this podcast by sharing your favorite Flying Carpet episodes on social media, posting reviews on your favorite podcast directories, and donating via my Greg Brown Flying Carpet website. Thanks in advance for your support. You can find photos from most episodes at my website, gregbrownflyingcarpet.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please check out my book of aviation adventure stories, Flying Carpet, The Soul of an Airplane, for which I was named Barnes & Noble, Arizona Author of the Month. Learn about that and my other aviation books at gregbrownflyingcarpet.com. Also at gregbrownflyingcarpet.com, you'll find my views from the Flying Carpet aerial photography, available in fine art metal prints and pilot achievement plaques. Oh. And I'd appreciate hearing your feedback in my Flying Carpet Podcast Facebook group. Follow my social media sites, most of which can be found by searching Greg Brown Flying Carpet. And consider joining my student pilot pep talk group on Facebook. Thanks again for joining me on today's Flying Carpet Cockpit Adventure. Music by Hannes Brown. See you next time.